and gentlemen to the not a nightmare podcast i am your guest joshua your host rachel your co-host courtney yes and we're gonna get into some very scary stories you got like a good advertiser voice there but thank you <laughs> this is also uh, sponsored by um nothing actually i wish it was <laughs> we don't have any sponsors yet we're looking for that <laughs> sponsored to... by raid legends <laughs> no it's not <laughs> But, but if you'd like to, yeah, no. Or, well, hi, welcome back again. Welcome to this episode of, um, we don't know what the fuck we're doing anymore. <laughs> we had some trouble starting this podcast, clearly. We're running low on fumes here, guys. Okay, I got it. Rachel, story, now, go. <laughs> wait, wait. That's it, some, just start it up. I have some things to preface with that I found out. Oh, okay. But I just found out some things. Apparently, the scientists have found out there's a possible fifth dimension like the other day. How? They found some sort of something very scientific that I can explain. <laughs> You're like, I have zero information on <laughs> that statement. But I read an article about it, and it was very scientific that I cannot... So go look it up, but it's something about the fifth dimension. It's weird. I can't even fathom a fourth dimension. I don't know why scientists are trying to rack my brain on this bullshit. They're like, we're right on now. the 18th one now, guys. <laughs> Wait, when, Colors don't exist. Feelings are a lie. <laughs> Honestly, I'd believe that. A lot of people say that we're in a simulation, too. A lot of people say that this is like a video game simulation. Or I don't know how much I believe of that, but... That's not a video game, but I think nothing is real and nothing matters. Okay! In the fifth dimension, you can touch feelings. <laughs> you ever physically touched angry? It's hot. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm gonna light a candle. Like a hot poop? Because it's just sitting here. You can't say that again. What did you just say? Like a hot poop. We're not talking about poop on the podcast, Joshua. <laughs> and everybody's gone. <laughs> no, please stay. Come back. I'm going to light a candle and make it all better. <laughs> it smells like, what's that smell like? Actually, I want to light the fucking candle. Give me the candle. Get, oh, rude. Ooh. Rude. You smell like Courtney first. Mm, smells yeah, it like smells winter, good. Please but... say, please, you're a child. I'm a can, I, can I light the candle, please? Thank you. You guys didn't see it, but I smacked him a little bit. Lights off. Candles on. It smells like if winter was actually, you know, put in a little bottle. Pretty and <laughs> no, winter is pretty. But like if <laughs> it smells like if you were in Iceland in the winter time, not in New England. You've been to Iceland? No, but it looks really pretty. <laughs> no. If you sniff hard enough, you can smell the flame. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna get into my story first because I got a lot of stuff and you got a lot of stuff. <laughs> and this whole intro has been just a chaotic mess, and I'm so sorry. It'll <laughs> be fine. And we should get into it. So what do you have for us today, Rachel? Well, I got a story of this guy who gets tormented throughout his house for like years and years and years. Terrifying. It's another little spooky haunted thing. Great. So I can't sleep at night. No. <laughs> I just want to side note, it's so fun. Every time you I say ask what you do, you're like, and I have it. So oh yeah, I do, I do a little thing with my fingers. <laughs> Like the little, was it, the uh, evil like, evil plan? Like, mwahaha. She's ready to spook you, and she's very happy about it. <laughs> All right. 
In 2002, a man named Bill Vale had just gone through a divorce and decided it was time for a change. He ended up moving a couple hundred miles to Arlington, Texas, where he had family and felt he could have a new start. Having his new house and having his little brother Bob live nearby, he finally felt comfortable and at home again. Bill and Bob ended up working at the same water treatment company, which often required them to meet at customers' homes and show them how the water purifier worked. One Saturday afternoon, only a few months after Bill had started at the company, he had received a last-minute appointment to consult a customer on how the product worked. His boss had warned him of being punctual, as this customer seemed to be very adamant about showing up precisely at 5 p.m. Wanting to please his boss and keep up the good reputation at his job, he did just that. Walking up to the house, Bill thought he heard screaming. Walking closer to the door, he could hear the screeching voices getting louder and louder. Peeking in through the glass window pane at the front door, he saw nothing. He shrugged it off. Maybe it was the TV or rowdy children. He was there to do a job, and he was not going to risk getting in trouble with his boss by turning back now. He knocked on the door, only for it to be pushed open. It had been left open. He stepped into the house. Hello? My name's Bill. I'm here to help you with the water purifier. Nothing. Walking further into the house, he could hear a woman's chanting voice getting louder and louder. Looking around the corner of the door, he could see a woman walking in circles, with a few people crouching at her feet. She began screaming, and he could see that she was holding a Bible in her hand. When the woman noticed him standing at the doorway, he decided right then that he was not getting paid enough to deal with this and left hurriedly out the front door when she came. He called his office as he jumped in his van, saying, I don't know what's going on here, but that woman's crazy. Don't schedule me for this house again. I won't be coming back. Later that evening, Bill was relaxing, watching TV, trying to forget the insanity of the last appointment he had at work. Reclining in his chair and watching his show, he suddenly jumped, seeing a small, black creature skitter quickly past the doorway to his kitchen. Assuming that some sort of animal had gotten its way into the house, he got up out of his chair, turned on the lights, and looked around for any sign of it. He found nothing. But he could have swore he saw something. He knew he saw something. A few hours later, he was settling into bed. Just as he was on the verge of falling asleep, he felt something run across his legs on the bed. He shot straight up and scrambled for the light switch. He searched throughout the room, under the bed, through the clothes in the closet, his shoes, everywhere he could think to look. He had closed his bedroom door before he went to bed, so he knew whatever had ran across his feet had to still be in the room somewhere. But after a few minutes of turning things over, looking for a rat or some small creature, he came up with nothing again. Deciding to deal with finding the critter in the morning, he got back into his bed and drifted off to sleep. Late in the night, Bill was awoken to the bed shaking violently beneath him, rocking him side to side and crashing up and down on the floor. And then, just as suddenly as the shaking started, it stopped. He swung his feet over the side of the bed, thinking maybe it had been an earthquake, and rushed to the window to see if there had been any damage outside. He couldn't find any evidence of anything other than his bed being disturbed. He walked back over to the bed and tried to lift it or push it. The massive bed frame was virtually impossible to move himself. He looked online, trying to see if there was an earthquake in the area, and found nothing. Thoughts racing through his head, he kept going over all the possible explanations for what had just happened. A sonic boom from the nearby Air Force base, some kind of drilling incident nearby. He was scouring the internet for answers as to what could have caused such a violent shake when suddenly the internet went down. None of the troubleshooting he did could solve the issue, so he decided to call the phone company service to get the problem resolved. While speaking to the operator, out of nowhere, another voice came over the phone. It was deep and raspy, speaking unintelligibly and menacingly. Bill listened for a few moments before hanging up the phone and placing it on his desk, staring at it in disbelief. What was that? And then the phone began to ring. 
he cautiously picked up the phone and answered. Hello? Mr. Vale? It was the operator calling him back. Did you hear that? Have you ever heard anything like that before? He asked the operator. The operator told him that yes, he did hear that, and no, he had never heard something like that. He couldn't explain why both of them could hear the voice, but not each other. If the phone line was connected, the interference shouldn't have cut them off completely. Needless to say, Bill couldn't fall back asleep. While sitting on his bed, he heard what sounded like something moving from underneath his bed. As he leaned over slowly to investigate, he felt a small hand grab his ankle. At this point, Bill knew that he wasn't imagining any of this. Something was wrong in this house. At this point, Bill had had enough. He knew he wouldn't be getting any sleep, and so he decided to go downstairs, watch some TV, maybe grab something to eat. Anything to distract himself from the craziness that had just been happening. He settled into his reclining chair yet again, finally starting to calm down as he enjoyed his food and favorite TV show. In a flash, a glass water bottle he had settled near his TV stand came flying at him, crashing next to him on the wall as if it had been thrown. And then the lights went out. Bill jolted up in a panic and ran to the closet to grab a flashlight. Just then, a box on the shelf above him slowly began to rise and then be slammed back down again. Bill had no idea what was going on or what he should do about it. He felt helpless. The next morning, he called his brother Bob and told him about what had been happening in the house. Bob was skeptical of Bill's story and told him that he was likely dreaming, but Bill insisted and asked him to stand in the closet and see for himself. Bob did as he asked and walked into the closet with the lights off and the door shut. After a few moments, Bill called out, There's nothing in here, bit, and then something brushed past his leg. What? What happened? Bob called back. And then, something hit Bill in the face, and he turned around and opened the closet door. What happened in there? Bill asked again. After a few seconds, Bob stared back into the closet and responded, you need to clean out your closet, that's what happened. The family was full of very calm, level-headed people, not people prone to getting spooked or believing in the supernatural. Nothing that had happened in the closet made Bob think that there was anything paranormal going on in his house. Knowing that he wouldn't be able to get any help from his brother, Bill decided to call an old friend Michael at this point. While Bill was telling Michael the story, Michael listened intently. He knew that Bill was a rational man. The man you went to whenever you wanted the story straight, no nonsense. Bill had worked at NASA for years in the Air Force program and had also worked as a robotics engineer, so hearing all of this come from him was concerning. In the middle of their conversation, the line suddenly cut out. You there? Hello? They both called out to each other when another voice started coming through over the phone. It was the same voice that Bill had heard over the phone with the phone company operator. Raspy. Deep. Demonic. It was speaking in tongues. Michael had been an audio engineer for over eight years, and so he immediately grabbed his recording equipment and started to record the voice. When the voice stopped, Michael excitedly told Bill that he had gotten the voice on tape. He put the phone up to the speaker and hit play, but nothing came out. Nothing but Bill calling for Michael to hang up the phone. Michael was left speechless. He had no idea how it was possible that it could pick up everything but the voice that they had just heard. Bill felt helpless at this point, feeling like whatever was in his house could do what it wanted and there was nothing he could do about it. A few days later, Bill asked Bob and his wife if they wanted to come over for dinner. They enjoyed their night together, having steak and wine and talking about their plans for the next week. Bob's wife, Cindy, could tell something was off with Bill, though. He seemed nervous, like he was always looking over his shoulder, expecting to see something. Later in the evening, they settled down to watch a movie in the living room, when Cindy and Bob saw Bill jump out of his seat and stare into the kitchen. What? What is it? Bob asked, worried. Come here, just, just sit in this chair and look at the TV, 
but pay attention out of the corner of your eye in the kitchen. So he did just that. They switched seats and continued to watch the movie when Bob saw something small dart across the kitchen floor. At this point, Bob was beside himself. Cindy, Cindy, you have to come sit here. Keep your head facing the TV. Confused, but wanting to understand what was happening, she sat in the chair like he asked. Only a few moments after sitting down, she also saw a small dark figure dart across the floor of the kitchen past the doorway. Oh my god, what was that? She shrieked. You saw it, didn't you? Bill asked. They all got up and searched around the house looking for any sign of these creatures. After looking for what seemed like forever, they turned up with nothing. They sat down and described what they had seen to each other. They all had matching descriptions of what they had seen. An 18 to 24 inch dark hunchbacked humanoid creature moving at impossible speed. Though terrified, Bill finally felt relieved. Someone else had witnessed exactly what he had been experiencing. He had validation that he wasn't going crazy and that something actually was happening in this home. Bob asked him to come to his home for the night to sleep. You can't stay here, not with all this. Bill almost accepted, but he couldn't bring himself to go. He felt that if he left now, he would be showing weakness to whatever was in his home, and these things would wreak havoc without him there. It was his home, and he was going to defend it best he could. This was the night that Bill finally decided that he needed to accept the fact that whatever was going on in his house was paranormal and not something he could excuse any longer. It took him till now? <laughs> he's like, okay, I guess it might be ghosts. Let's figure this out. Like, bro, I would have said ghosts the first. He needed, like, six other opinions. Yeah, He said, what, you get in this chair, you get in this chair, you try this chair. Mike, what's up? You hear that voice? I think he just really, really wanted it to not be paranormal. I think it's fair, but, like, still. He's like, no, he if still I can hasn't tried rats. big-ass rat traps. So, <laughs> has he really excused every option? <laughs> He once again took to the internet to find any kind of answer for what may be happening in his home. A demon, bro. <laughs> in his searches, he found a paranormal investigation team that seemed to go about their research in a very scientific manner. Being a man of science himself, he gave them a call hoping they could help him. He made an appointment with them and within the week they were at his house ready to help. This investigation team didn't come in looking for ghosts. They came in looking for answers. They checked everything, the electrical work, the pipes, heating elements, any natural cause they could think of. Once they had gone through the inside and outside of the house, eliminating as much as they could, they flooded the house with equipment. Infrared cameras were strewn throughout the house, along with recording equipment and laser grids to detect any movement. The doors to Bill's bedroom stayed closed to ensure that if anything moved on camera, they would know that it had no way to leave. About an hour into the investigation, they sent one of their crew members, Sean, into Bill's room to perform an EVP recording, or electronic voice phenomenon. This tool, as I'm sure many of you know, is used to record voices of supposed spirits at frequencies we may not be able to hear. After sitting for about a half hour, asking questions like, is there anybody here with me? And can you show yourself? Nothing was happening. Just as Sean was about to get up to leave, the laser grid that was set on a drawer next to him was pushed off, making Sean jump up and call out to his crew members. When they returned to the living room, all of the camera's batteries had been drained, except for the one that was recording in the bedroom. Playing the tape back, they could see a mist start to form over the laser grid pointer just before it moved. Leaning in, one of the crew members heard something. Wait, turn up the audio, I hear something. They turned the volume up and listened quietly. Put it back, he's coming. They all stared at each other in disbelief. What was that? I didn't hear any of that. Sean swore with a look of dread on his face. Through the shock and disbelief, Bill was also ecstatic that they had caught something. At the end of the night, as the crew was packing up to leave, Bill had decided that he was going to fight back. 
He wouldn't be pushed around in his own home anymore. I can't believe you're going to stay, one of the men muttered as they walked out of the door. Bill shrugged. I have to. That night, Bill's life would be changed forever. He had decided to sit down in his bed and try to sleep normally when something slammed devastatingly loud outside of the house. He ran outside, checking on the roof and all around the house for what surely would have been extensive damage. Finding nothing, he walked back inside, heart racing. Another loud crash came from the dining room, then another. The second he got to the source, he saw no damage, and then his car alarm started to go off from outside. Bill lost it. You don't scare me. Enough is enough. You fucked with me for the last time. Show yourself. Another crash came from his bedroom. Crash. Bang. Crash. Bill ran upstairs. He was screaming, where are you? And then, silence. No crashing. Nothing but the sound of his own panicked breathing. He slowly crawled into bed, curled into a ball, eyes darting around the room. It was unusually quiet. Suddenly, a skittering, groaning noise started coming from underneath his bed. Oh no. <laughs> Bill peeked over the side of his bed to look underneath. Why would he, you do that? He saw nothing. His breathing was getting heavier and he could feel his whole body shaking. Slowly, Bill raised himself back up, only to be met with a six-foot-tall creature standing at the end of his bed, staring at him. Uh. Terrified, he started screaming, covering his head as the figure lunged toward him. But then, it was gone. Opening his eyes, he was met with an empty room, silent and still. The rest of the night was uneventful. Bill didn't sleep. He kept glancing over his shoulder, expecting to be met with the dark figure, but it didn't show up again. Over the next few days, Bill was left wondering what the creature had been. He came to the conclusion that whatever the figure was controlled all of the smaller creatures he had been seeing throughout the house. Why is this happening to me? He kept asking over and over. And then he remembered the screaming woman from that house. The way she had looked at him as if she expected him to be there. The way she had insisted that he be on time. That's when I hit him. She wanted him to be there, and she wanted him to see this odd ritual. She had been performing an exorcism, and whatever she had banished from those people, she had cast out to him. She had planned for him to be on the receiving end of the expulsion of this demonic presence. He may have walked away from her property, but he didn't leave alone. Bill would go on to face these horrors for years to come. Since 2002, he has had two exorcisms done on the house, and neither has worked. Bill has always had the option of selling this house, but he continues to fight these beings to this day, knowing that he could never live with himself if he was to force another family into living the same horrifying nightmare. Oh my god. <laughs> Imagine going to someone's house to do your job, and this lady's like, here's a demon! Like, <laughs> He's like, I'm just trying to give you clean drinking water. <laughs> like, when, what the fuck? When you said that like, there was like a six-foot figure by his bed, I just immediately thought, like, that's his ex-wife. <laughs> she's oh pissed no. that he's happy now, and she's like, I'm fucking... <laughs> I'm coming back to ruin your life. She's like, oh, you thought you could just straight up move to Texas? <laughs> and get away from me? No. no. And take the kids with you? Uh, not happening. The Plot courts twist. may have ruled it, but I will not allow it. Plot twist. She hired that woman to put a team up. Dude, maybe. You never know. She could have. That seems like a good... When did he come to the conclusion that when he saw her, like, she was like, I want this... I don't even know how to explain Like, she wants this thing in her house. So she calls up. She's like, I need him here at five. He gets there. And she's like, fucking him. <laughs> now, he doesn't had no idea he was cursed. Well, I think he didn't realize that the water, the lady with the water purifier or anything had anything to do with it until like a while after. Because he's not someone that 
is into the paranormal stuff. So but we didn't, people like just, us, like, we'd be like, it's her. Yeah. Like, right away. We'd be like, it was that bitch. She did it. No, he's not into that. So I don't think he even realized like it was an exorcism. I thought he was just, he just thought that she was some crazy lady. And so he didn't put it together until, you know, a I while s- after. And he's like, oh. I still want to know what what happened in his life that made him go from being a NASA engineer to a water purifier installer? And now being haunted by demons. You can imagine one was like 120k a year job to like $20 an hour. I don't know. Dealing he was... with like customers like, no, I want it here. Like, no lady, it's got to be over here. Like, that's how it works. And then another one casting a spell on you. Or, yeah. You know. Typical. Typical poltergeist. Poltergeist. Typical poltergeist. I mean, I don't know. Maybe when he moved, he, like, couldn't keep that job. He wanted to get away, and so, like, he just took the first thing that was available to him. Maybe wow, he really must have gone, like, wanted to get away. She's probably horrible. How much you want a better name's Karen? How much you want to bet? <gasps> yeah. It has to be. <laughs> like, 90%. 95. But she's also performing an exorcism, so was she part of the church? He should go after the church. Sue the church. <laughs> I do that's how, how it works, too. Do you know how much money they have? A lot. They, like, bring all, like, yeah. the bowls, like, donate... They have a lot of money. <laughs> down, Jesus. She, I don't even think she's doing it for the church. I think she was just like some lady that was like, yeah, no, I can get rid of you demons. Sure. Give me 20 bucks. Yeah, probably. <laughs> she probably just came out with one of those like books that people look up, like an you exorcism. Know, it's like not the first time she's done like, it. She's like, every time the mail comes, she's like, that one. And then, or <laughs> that pizza, one. that guy. <laughs> Fuck you, Domino's delivery boy. <laughs> she's one of those people, like the holistic healers that works in like those small buildings that you see every once in a while with like. A little sign that's like half off fucking palm readings. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. palm readings. <laughs> I've never had one. I've always been afraid to have a psychic reading because I'm just scared they're gonna be like, "Well, I can't see your future, so you're yeah. probably dead soon." Like I'm terrified. <laughs> that's like the worst thing you could get from I'd, that. I'd be more terrified if they looked at my palm and they the, the first thing they say is, "Oh." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what do you I mean? Just, oh, I just imagine, like, oh no, never mind. Like, good things are gonna happen in yeah. your future. I'm like, what the fuck. I just imagine them like taking your hand like this, and she's like, "Ew, it's a little, it's a little clammy." <laughs> oh, like it's lotion. I just what? put lotion on. Why? Sir, why are you wet? <laughs> What's going on? It was a long drive over here. It was really warm in the car. <laughs> Shut up. Why are you wet? Why <laughs> <laughs> are you clammy? Uh, Ew, girl. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I have a slight story that I think would go well on this podcast. So, when I was younger, um, I was living with my stepbrother, and he had just gotten, like, pretty much expelled. He was, like, in the process of getting expelled from his school. Nice. For, I'm not even going to explain why, it doesn't matter. Either way, <laughs> okay. he was home a lot, because he was pretty much grounded for, like, a year. <laughs> so he was home, like, every day, and I think he had to figure out ways to, like, entertain himself. That's always bad. Yeah. So we shared a room together. And so I slept on the bed, like, over on the right-hand side. He slept on the bed on the left-hand side. And slowly, like, throughout the months... This went on for a couple months, by the way. So, like, I'd start, like, waking up, and the music would be playing or something. And I I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, music would be playing from the radio, and I'd be like, what the fuck? Ghosts. You know what I mean? Like, immediately, (laughs) that was my thought process. You know what I mean? Yeah, same. So I started thinking, like, fuck, this place is haunted. And that freaked the shit out of me, because, like, what can you do? Yeah. Um, (laughs) So this, like, keeps happening, like, every once in a while, like, maybe once a week, once a month, like, something like that. It was very, like, slow going. And then sometimes I'd wake up in the middle of the night, my bed would be shaking. And I'd wake up to my bed shaking, I'm like, what the fuck? Turns out 
he was under my bed. He would go under my bed and he would put his legs up onto like where the, the springs were and he'd start pushing. And so I'd wake up in a panic. I didn't know what to do. Like, do I get out of bed? If I get out of bed, am I going to die? Like, how do I go about this? You know what I mean? Oh my God. It was the scare, and it would be the scariest moment. I'd be like, Fuck's the bed shaking, you know what I mean? And he would shake it how often? Uh, this would be like once a week. And then And did you ever say anything to like anybody in the house like that was haunted? Well, so it took a while before I finally did, because one night freaked me out. This is where we're this is where we're building up to. Okay. So one night, um there was like two nights in succession that something happened. So uh one night he woke me up. This was like very elaborate, the fact that he went through all of this. Um, That's a real board. Yeah. So he woke me up and he was like, dude, you got to come see this. So my parents were watching a UFC fight and he wanted me to come see like some Superman punch some guy did. Really, realistically, it was just to like scare me. So I go out there. I watch the thing. I'm like, all right, why'd you wake me up for this? As I'm going back to my room, he presses a button to turn on the radio. Freaks me out. I'm like, fuck that. Not going back in there. So I go, I go and I sleep in the, um, the living room that night. The very next night, I'm laying down, and this is what did it. This is what uh, stopped him from doing it, because uh, it, I think it broke my family. Oh, no. <laughs> so, um, I'm laying down, and I, I feel like we either switched beds or something, because I was freaked out that because my bed kept shaking. So, uh, all <laughs> of a sudden... Wait, how old are you? I was like... Or like I want to say like 17. <laughs> No, no, I wasn't young. That, that's the problem. Like, I was old enough to, th- like, you know better, you know what I mean? I but think that God. makes it better. That makes it a lot better. I'm, like, crying over there. I mean, this is why, dude, when you tell these stories and, like, old men are getting freaked out, like, this was me when I was 17. I can only imagine. So, so I'm laying down and I'm, like, going to sleep. And we're, like, kind of talking about, like, some of the stuff that's been happening. I'm, like, fucking freaked out, dude. This is bullshit. And uh, then... Literally, we shut the lights off, and all of a sudden, my light turns back on. So he he had one of those, like, you know when the light plugs in, and there's, like, a thing in the middle where yeah. you just flick yeah. it, yeah. and it turns the light on? Oh, my so, God. Oh, no, it was on his bed. Sorry, I'm messing yeah. up the story. So on his bed, we talk about the ghost shit that's been going on. He turns the lights off, and then while we're laying there, while I can see him laying there, I'm just, like, laying down. He turns the light back on with that little switch. I get up, throw my covers off, <laughs> run the fuck out of my room, literally blast the door open. I'm like, there's a fucking ghost. My dad comes out. He's fucking pissed, like livid. He's literally like, what the fuck is going on? And he, I've never seen my dad so mad in my entire life. Over that? Over this. Oh because God. I woke him up because he had work the next day. Oh, no. That's probably we, the worst. Ghost! I, I was getting texts from my dad that day, like, we need to talk tonight. Oh like, I was God. like, oh, shit. Dad's like, fuck. Somehow this. I was in trouble for all of this. <laughs> Did Shane admit it after that? Yeah, he was like, yeah, I was like freaking out and shit. I was like, what the fuck? I was so... Oh, actually, no, it didn't, it wasn't after that. It was, like, a couple months later that he admitted it. And I was, like, you, I was mad for, like, two years. <laughs> I don't blame you. I, like, anytime someone would bring it up and start laughing, like, I wouldn't be able to laugh about it. I'd be, like, dude, no, that was, <laughs> you know when you get heated about something, yeah. you just can't laugh about it? That's how I felt about it. <laughs> well, now we're all laughing, crying about it, so hopefully it's okay. <laughs> it's yeah, it was definitely worth, worth all of my, uh, torment. You, like, 
kind of told me the story before, but the entire time I thought you were like young, like max 13 <laughs> no. years old. So the fact that you were 17 just makes it so much better. Yeah, I, I was not young. He had that much time on his hands that he's <laughs> like, I'm gonna go fuck with him really hard and think there's a ghost. So what else? Well, really well. That's why like the first part of the story, him like him almost getting expelled and then being grounded for a year, like he was not able to leave the house. You know what I mean? Like they wouldn't let him because how can you get expelled? So. <laughs> So he's like, what else am I going to do? I'm going to fuck with Josh. Yeah. So I think he just had to find ways of entertainment. But. See, I couldn't do that because I would just laugh right away and be like, it was me. Like, <laughs> I don't think I could keep it a secret. Like, you probably I would just saw like, how pissed his dad was and was like, I'm not dealing with that. Oh, That's after all that, on him. Yeah, I wouldn't That's where anything. the stuff stopped. <laughs> yeah, because he was like, I'm not the ghost got scared. That's what happened. The ghost got yeah. scared of your dad. Ghost was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Realistically, it wasn't Shane. It was actually a ghost. Oh, no. The ghost was like, I, I was, just, I was just fucking around. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Great conversation. Stop, stop. Read your story now. What's your story about, Corey? <laughs> I have some stuff on parallel universes. So, um, my TikTok algorithm has showed me a bunch of stuff about parallel universes and all that. So, I've got really into it lately. Like, you know what? I'm going to dive in on the podcast about it. So, um, I have a couple stories about some encounters and, yeah. I'm excited. I don't think I've really heard parallel universe like stories. Have you not seen any of those stories? You've seen one on TikTok. Cause I remember you sent one to me. No, you commented on it saying, I want to stay on parallel universe TikTok. And I don't think you did, but I did. I definitely didn't. <laughs> I definitely did. Okay. What has recently become more popular and more talked about is the concept of a parallel universe. What does a parallel universe really mean? According to dictionary.com, a physics definition is a universe theorized as existing alongside our own, although undetectable. A science fiction def... Oh, a science fiction definition? That's really hard to say. Science okay. fiction definition. Make them Okay. Okay. Oh, God. A science fiction definition is a world conceived of as coexisting and having certain similarities to the known world, but different from it in some fundamental way. That was a lot, I know. It's okay. <laughs> Most people who talk about these types of universes existing are more so relating to the science fiction definition. Although just because it is science fiction does not mean it is impossible. There's just not enough hard evidence to truly prove that they exist currently. Conspirists say that hundreds of thousands of these parallel universes exist. Each of them is just slightly more different than the one you are in right now. There is a possibility of a slightly different you in all of them. These all stem from the different choices we make in our everyday lives, also known as the butterfly effect. For example, let's say one day you choose to drive a different way home from work. However, in a different universe, you drove the normal route home and you got into a car accident, producing an alternate outcome. Assuming you walk away fine from that accident, that universe now will be slightly different than the one you are currently in. A Reddit user by the name of Shy Quality posted an explanation of this in the r slash parallel universe thread about three months ago. Imagine driving a car down a road. All of a sudden, your car loses traction and is heading towards the trees on the side of the road. You try to steer away and brake, but nothing helps until, out of nowhere, your car gains traction again and you can continue as normal. Some scientists claim that our timeline is just one out of infinite number of timelines working parallel next to each other, but with slight differences. Therefore, I think that during a situation like this, maybe our mind and body, or something like that, switch timeline. In our original timeline, you would have crashed straight into those trees, but you didn't because you switched to a timeline where you didn't die in that scenario. I think that maybe we switch timelines like that all the time. And I also think that each and every one of us has our own timeline. 
In your own timeline, a buddy of yours might be dead, but you're still alive. In your buddy's own timeline, however, he, she might still be alive. They just switched. One of the effects conspirators claim that come from parallel universes existing is the Mandela Effect. If you have not heard of this, the Mandela Effect phenomenon came to fruition when paranormal consultant Fionn Broom shared her false memory of South African leader Nelson Mandela dying in his jail cell in the 1980s. He actually passed away in 2013. However, many people came forward siding with Broom, claiming they also have a memory of him passing in the 1980s in his jail cell. Stemming from that, many others started to open up about other things that they claimed were slightly different before. A few of the major ones being the Bernstein Bears. Majority of the population remember it being spelled E-I-N instead of the actual A-I-N. The mascot of Monopoly Man. Now I want to ask, when you think of the mascot of the Monopoly Man, what do you think of? He has a monocle and a mustache and a hat. What do you think of? Suit. Yeah, it's pretty much the exact same. So he never had a monocle. Wait, what? what? Yes, he, he never has. had a monocle. And, and me too, I thought so too. Trust me. I was like, wait, <laughs> what? That one got me. I'm yeah. going to look it up. Go on. <laughs> it's, it might be on here, but I have them anyway. Also, in the movie Star Wars, you guys remember the popular line, Luke, I am your father. But it's actually, no, I am your father. A lot of people can write this off as saying people are just forgetful, where that might be the case. However, it is strange that the majority of the population have these false memories. The one that has recently sparked talk about parallel universes again is the Fruit Loops Mandela effect. Back around 2016-2017, when this was more popular on the internet, many people thought that fruit in the name was spelled with two O's when in fact it was spelled normally. Recently, in January of this year, people started noticing that Fruit Loops was now in fact spelled with two O's and not the normal way. This started to create confusion and the idea that at the beginning of this year we jumped into a parallel universe. One claim to support this theory is the ball dropped a minute later when coming into the new year in New York. Could it have been a TV delay? Or was being in 2020 us living in a parallel universe and coming into 2021 was us either jumping back or jumping into another parallel universe? It can seem like a wild theory, and it might be, but I will share with you some stories of people who claim to have shifted into one of these so-called parallel universes. So the first story comes from also the r slash parallel universe thread. Um, I think this user is actually not existing anymore, but maybe in this universe. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> so it doesn't say a name, but this was posted a year ago and it's titled, I don't think I'm in my universe anymore. Sorry if this is a wrong thing to post on this sub, but I have just had the freakiest encounter at work. So I work in a phone shop in a big UK city. I only work there part-time as I am at a university for the rest of my time. I normally work Mondays and Thursdays as those times fit around my timetable the best. I wouldn't say I'm the best at my job, but I hit all my targets every month and I have some good banter with the people I work with. So I was working today and we were relatively busy in store. I should say that there really isn't a queue in our shop, people just sort of wander in and wait around. So it was about 2pm and I had just finished with a customer. The next customer came in and sat down in front of me and I asked for two minutes just to sort out some paperwork. The gentleman was wearing a black leather jacket with short hair and an earring in his left ear. He also had a scar above his eyebrow. I started the sale and a whole part of our sales process is getting to know the customer and what their lifestyle is like. I find this the funnest part because you can get to know people really well and it's interesting hearing all about other people's lives. So the customer explained that he has an eight-year-old daughter named Ellie, his wife had just got a new job and he was a huge football fan of the same team I support. After a few more minutes, he settled on a new phone 
Samsung S10e and I sold him a tablet to give to Ellie for Christmas, a Samsung Tab A. I got his receipt and put everything in a bag, shook his hand, and he left. It was approximately 2.30pm at this point. So I finish up my paperwork, go back out on the shop floor, and serve the next customer. Not five minutes into that conversation, the guy walks into the shop, I spot he has walked in, and I ask my current customer if it would be okay to see this guy. This is policy in the store, just in case there is a complaint. So I walk up to the guy, same jacket, same hair, same earring, and same scar, this is our conversation. Hey, you all right there? Yeah, I'm here for an upgrade. Same thing he said before. You were just in here. No, I have just walked in. I literally just served you. Your name is Dave, right? That is my name. How did you know that? So at this point, I am fascinated. He has no recollection of me at all, but I can remember his whole conversation. So I ask a colleague to continue with the other customer and I sit Dave down. I then head out the back to find his paperwork to prove to him that I am not a psycho and I couldn't find it in my folder. So I went to the manager's office. I thought he may have taken it out, but he didn't. I say, I have served this customer before and I completed a sale. He'll buy the S10e with a tablet and I have the paperwork and I can't find it. He rightly thinks I'm crazy and tells me when he's less busy, we can check the CCTV. So I stumble back to the table, I sit down and I have exactly the same conversation with the guy, almost to the letter, a daughter named Ellie, his wife had just got a new job, and I pushed my luck and said, you look like an Everton fan to me, which is the football team we both support. And he agreed. He also purchased the exact same thing, S10E with a tab A, even the exact color. So after that sale is completed, I rush back into the office with the paperwork and slam it on my manager's desk. He is slightly freaked out at this point, so we check the CCTV together. Turns out on the CCTV, I served a family before I served that guy. I have no recollection of serving that family whatsoever, but my signature is on their paperwork. If anyone has an explanation for this, please let me know because I am freaking out. What That's so fuck? weird. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine being the only one that like knows. You, you sound crazy. Yeah. I mean, obviously to everybody else, you're like, no, you were literally serving somebody else. What do you mean? We see you on the CCTV. Yeah. Imagine also <laughs> like, telling no, your I boss. Did this. Like, how else would I know all that stuff? Yeah. I'm just thinking, like, imagine telling your boss, too, and he's like, you're serving a family. You're like, I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you want drugs? Yeah. <laughs> you drink in there, too? <laughs> that is so weird, though. Yeah. I uh, would. I kind of wanted him to, like, just start off the conversation being like, you're Dave. You have a daughter named Ellie. Yeah, right? Your, do- your wife <laughs> no, just got like, a new I job. I got scared, and he would have. <laughs> he would have been like, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, but he did kind of do that in the way where he's like, I think you're an Everton fan, right? Like, the football team. And yeah. he's like, yeah, I am. And he also was like, your name's Dave, right? And he's like, how'd you know that? I would have been freaked out if some guy was like, you're Rachel, right? I'd be like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, I'd be like, um. Why are you stalking me? Didn't you one time, didn't someone take your... Your license, so that you could get it. <laughs> that was different. Like I was drink. at a bar. The guy checked my ID really quickly. He just went like the whole like, oh okay, cool. He went like got other people drinks. It was like twenty minutes later, and he was like, "Do you want anything to drink, Rachel, while you're waiting?" And I was like, "No, I'm okay." And then I was like, "How the fuck does he know my name?" And then I remember that he had seen the license <laughs> really quick. Funny. I remember That's you telling me you got legitimately freaked I out. I was because I was like, I don't know you. How do you know my name? <laughs> that is weird. That he's... he looked at it so fast. Yeah. That I was like, it's not like he like looked at it, checked the date. He, I don't even think he checked the date. It was like a quick like, here's an ID. Cool. It's. Funny, like, the difference between the way that you would have went up, like, your thought process went about that and how mine would have. Like, if some girl came up and she was like, Josh, do you want anything, uh, like, any drink while you wait? I'd be like, uh, no, I'm all set. I would have literally not thought about it. It's because I'm smarter than you. Next question. <laughs> next, <laughs> next question. Next question. Uh, next story. <laughs> okay. Um, the next story is called The Time I Ended Up in a Town That Doesn't Exist by Diablix. 
Back in the summer of 2011, I was 19 and had relocated my living situation for a few weeks while I was in between apartments. Long story on its own. Due to my relocation, I was pretty far from my work and I have to drive about an hour south on the Highway 45. At the time, I was working in Spring, Texas and could get away with a lot of stuff because we were too short-staffed and I was one of the more experienced on our night crew. On my first shift having to drive to work from this new area, I ended up getting a bit turned around and lost. I was driving on what I thought had been the highway, but after a bend, it suddenly transitioned into a single lane road and then further down transitioned to a dirt road. Ever since it stopped being a highway, there was no areas to turn off. Thinking this was really strange, as I had been up and down 45 a million times and never saw something like this, I figured I would just drive until I reached a rest stop or something to check my location on GPS and turn around at it. It got to be a little uneasy when I went a full 20 minutes without a single spot to stop or turn around. Without seeing a single other car, I saw a bridge coming up and thought, okay, surely there'll be somewhere to turn around up wherever this bridge leads. Then I saw it. You are now entering Addo, Scotia. At this point, I was already going to be super late for work no matter what and figured I'd send my boss a text and all would be fine. No signal. Figuring, what the hell, I'm gonna get in trouble anyway, might as well check out this place for a few minutes and see where I end up. It was very unsettling. The town looked like it had to have been abandoned for decades. Buildings all around looking to be falling apart and in terrible disrepair. Not a single building had a light on and there were no cars and no people anywhere in sight. The roads were a mix of some dirt roads and some normal roads, in varying states of disrepair. Hell, I didn't even see any animals anywhere as I drove through. I could tell as I drove that this town was essentially an island. Every direction seemed to have a beach and a bridge that connected it to land, at least from what I was able to see as I drove around a higher elevated area. About a half hour driving around, unable to find any signs of life, I managed to find my way back to the bridge I came in on and got the hell out of there. When I got to work about two hours late, my boss called me back into his office to have a chat. I've been working there since I was 16 and have never been so much as a single minute late, so he was willing to hear me out. I told him the honest truth of what happened, and he seemed increasingly concerned as my story went on. He and another coworker looked on a map out of curiosity since they'd never known of any abandoned towns in the area, and found one called Addis Cossida and assumed I'd misread the sign, but when they opened the Google Street View, Addis Cossida was nothing like the town I'd seen. The only thing that had in common was a sort of similar name and one bridge that connected it from across a lake, but the town I was in was surrounded by water and had bridges connecting it on each end. I'm only in contact with one coworker who was at work that day, and he's convinced I somehow got a bustling old-style town like Addis Cossida somehow confused with a long-abandoned ghost town even though they had nothing in common. Because we couldn't find any of the other town on the map, two years after I went back to live in Spring for a while, I did try to find it again, this time with the intent of filming while there to prove it existed. But alas, no matter how much I retraced my steps, I was never able to find that strange, empty path to the bridge again. I don't like that. <laughs> so this is what the actual town looks like. Um, it is near a lake, but it's not an island. And it's definitely not abandoned. Like, that is not right. how I figured it looked. <laughs> It looks a lot better than I expected. Well, yeah. this isn't the abandoned one. This is something this, So this is the actual town, but they were saying maybe you got it mixed up because the names are a little similar, but he's like, well, there's no way because the town I went to was abandoned. It, you know, had bridges connecting it to the land because it was almost like an island. 
So I wonder if it was this town, but in a parallel universe, and it was named just slightly different, just like how we see all the Mandela effects are just slightly different, and something bad happened. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and that bridge kind of connected him somehow. I was, like, imagining Silent Hill a little bit. Yeah. Not gonna lie, when you said, like, abandoned bridge, I was like... Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a good... Um... Yeah, well, well um, if you guys follow our Instagram, or if you don't follow our Instagram... Go do that. And on your podcast. Yes, we're going to go post a picture of what um, this town actually looks like so you can get a good view of if you don't live there. If you do live there, let us know. What's it like? <laughs> All you Texas peeps. All right. Um, so now we're on to my last story. And this one freaked me out at the end because I have to preface this story. And I think I... Um... So yeah, so it's by a Reddit user called always underscore searching. And I have to preface this story before I start because it is very important that I share with you. This was posted over one year ago, which means it was posted earlier than 2020. So like okay. late 2019 or very beginning of 2020, like January. Got it. A few years back, I flew to Alabama for my grandmother Betty's 85th birthday and a small family reunion. The celebration was great. My grandmother had her favorite foods, all of her children and many of her grandchildren and great grandchildren attended. My grandmother lives in a huge estate in a gated community. She lives alone, but has several private nurses and housekeepers, as well as a cook. Money has never been an issue for her. My grandfather, Robert, came from a well-to-do family. I mention this now because it is relevant later on. Everyone seemed happy during the festivities, except for my grandmother. She tried to appear happy, but I could tell something was definitely bothering her. At the time, I thought she was just tired, a bit fatigued, At her age, a birthday celebration can be exhausting. I also had the thought that she was dealing with health issues. I don't want to pry or cause her any additional distress, so I didn't ask any questions, but I kept observing her. During the party, I had a quiet conversation with one of my grandmother's housekeepers. I asked her, hey, is Gran okay? And she replied, oh, she's just been having dreams of living on another earth. As the days went by, most of the family went back to their own lives. My cousin Margot and I were the last people to depart. On the last day, Margot and I went to see Grandma one last time. Margot and I didn't have to leave to the airport until 9 p.m. So when we got to my grandmother's house at 11 a.m., we knew that we had a lot of time to kill. When we entered the house, my grandmother's housekeeper informed us that grandmother was still sleeping and we were not to disturb her. So Margot and I went into one of the living rooms and turned on the TV. About an hour later, my grandmother came out downstairs, and before we could say anything, she said, Turn that TV off! As loud as she could. Margot and I looked at each other shocked. We thought the volume had been on too loud, maybe. We didn't know why she was so upset. I said, I'm sorry, Gran. Was the volume too loud? She didn't even respond or look at me, or anyone. So I finally asked, Gran, are you okay? Grandmother sat down and said, No, I'm not okay. I never have and I never will be, not on this earth. I asked, please tell me what's going on. The room was silent for minutes, but my grandmother looked up at us and said, I want to tell you about the pillowcases and my other life. Margot and I looked at each other and didn't know what the hell Gran was talking about, but we listened, and this is where one of the most interesting stories I have ever heard starts. Gran told us that in 1945, she had a fiance named James, and that he was the love of her life. That came as quite a shock because no one in the family had ever heard of or mentioned James. They were supposed to be married, but my grandmother's parents, Mary and John, hated James because he was dirt poor and came from a poor family. 
Several months before they were to be married, my grandmother and James were window shopping. My grand saw beautiful handmade pillowcases, which were very expensive, and she commented how she wished that she had a pillowcase like that. It took James time, but he saved up money and bought my grandmother the pillowcases. One night, a few weeks before they were married, James showed up at my grandmother's parents' house. He showed up drenched from all the rain, he had a smile on his face, and he gave the pillowcases to my grandmother. She was so happy that she cried. Grand's parents were furious that James was making her so happy. There was an altercation between James and my grand's parents, Mary and John. Mary threw the pillowcases into the fireplace and they burned up. They forbid James from ever marrying their daughter and forbid him to ever see her again. James punched John. And my grandmother and James left the house. It was raining hard outside. James had only a little money to his name, but he told my grandmother that he would take her to the department store to replace the pillowcases. She begged him not to. She said, they are only stupid pillowcases, just let's go and be free of them. On the way to the store, the car veered off the road. James had lost control due to the weather or other forces at play. The car rolled down a hill and hit a tree. James was killed immediately, but my grandmother went into a coma. In her coma, she had visions of an entire life with James. She saw all their kids grow up and all of their grandkids. She told me they struggled very much in a financial sense. They were poor, but they were very happy. But things got better, and life was everything she wanted. When she woke up from her recovery, it took many months. She went home with her parents. One night, while in her closet, a box fell down. She opened the box. It was two perfect pillowcases, the same ones James bought her. I asked my grand about the other Earth. I asked, what about Grandpa Robert and all of us? She replied, Robert existed, I'm sure, but he wasn't in my life, but I was never with him, thus none of you existed. She told us about her children and the grandchildren in this other universe. She told us that JFK wasn't assassinated, he was elected to two terms. She said that there is so much more love and trust in the other universe. She sometimes has dreams and visions and can see her other life. She said, the other universe has developed very differently than ours. And I asked, how has it developed differently from ours? She said that it is the goal of almost all the nations to end suffering for all humans, and that's the most important project. She said that she became very sick with cancer in the other universe, but the USA has universal health care for all citizens, all cancers have been cured. Poverty has been eradicated, housing is free for all citizens, the USA helps Africa and many other nations. I said, wow, the entire planet sounds like a utopia. She said, no, something very bad happened there. I asked her, what was so bad? She paused. And she told me about a virus that the Chinese government created in the 1970s. The Chinese government tried to control their out-of-control population, but something horrible happened with the virus. The virus was released, and death occurred. In that universe, the virus eradicated over 95% of the people in Chinese mainland, mainland, 75% of the people in the Indian subcontinent, and the virus killed many millions of other people around the world. It hit the USA, Canada at the least, and the two countries are now the superpowers, the only superpowers on Earth. She told me that once the virus was killed off all those people, the USA diverted all military spending to medical and social welfare spending. She told me their technology is more advanced than ours too. She tried to explain things to me that didn't make any sense to me. She told me about scanning device that is in each home. It would scan for all health-related issues. The scanning device is connected to some AI supercomputer. She tried to explain holographic bands for all citizens. She called them rings of life. I still don't understand that. But she explained that they were some holographic rings that everyone had. The rings contained some data that was used for many things, including monitoring health. 
It could detect the virus that eradicated the Chinese and Indian population and other health issues. It was used for banking and had data on it. It was also used for communication. She said it is completely different and every time she dreams of that world and wakes up here, she doesn't want to live here. That's the end of that story. Um, and there was commenters that would comment onto this post, like, you know, right after it happened. And they were just like, oh, like, that's so weird. And then they came back after COVID started happening. It was like, um, whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> so the entire as, time that this story happened, I was just thinking about that meme where, like, the woman's walking the old lady and the old lady saying something <laughs> like, oh, there's yeah, an like, alternate yeah. universe. Okay, grandma, let's get you to bed let's now. Let's go to bed. <laughs> Now, as out there as that sounds, I did see it and thought it was very interesting. Obviously, it could be completely fabricated, but it is weird that it was posted um, a year or so before. This. Yeah, what was the date? Do you have it? Um, it didn't say. It just says uh, a year ago from when I looked at it, and I started this story in the middle of January. That's so upsetting. Can you imagine, like, being that in love with someone, you wake up and they're dead, but then you dream and you have a life with them and it just keeps bouncing back and forth? I'd be like, I can't do this. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, that would be I think awful. the scarier part would be being so poor that you can't afford <laughs> fucking pillowcases. All right, dude. Dude, and you gotta imagine, too, like, in 1945, everything was, like, three cents. Yeah, but everyone was also Wasn't poor that, like, shit. just after the Great Depression, though? Yeah. They're fine. <laughs> but... Jesus. I don't know. The thing that got me about that story mostly was mentioning that before, because I made sure to look at the date and before this whole thing really started. So it's like if that was if COVID was like intentional in that universe and not an accident here, and actually was even more deadly than it is. Jesus Christ. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like I said, story is you definitely have to put your tin hat for that one. But <laughs> <laughs> that poor grandma. If it is real, that's crazy. Her parents were fucking dicks. Yeah. Just like, I don't like this man. I'm going to punch him in the face and throw away this thing he worked for. The only thing that got me about the story was the last part about the the COVID thing. Everything else, I was just kind of like, what is this grandma saying? <laughs> well, it's because like, even if she has, like, say she does have, like, dementia or something like that. That's a lot of detail I was gonna for say, someone with dementia. Yeah, right? Because at first I was reading the story, I was like, mm, okay, well, you know, whatever. But then it as I got very, further. Like, like it, it does. Al it's al it also sounded just like the person was trying to get kind of political. A little bit, and then part of it, yeah. Which it could be, you know, obviously. We don't know if these stories are true or not, but I like to kind of look at it if it was on this podcast, because we talk about everything, everything weird. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, this... I excluding the possible political part, everything else, you know, is definitely, definitely a little weird. Parallel unit. Oh god! Now I've got to like go and research a bunch of my own little stories because I really like that. Yeah, they're definitely very interesting to read. There's so many on TikTok. If you just go onto like, if you have a TikTok, or even if you don't, just get one to look at those types of stories. That's really all I have one for. Is look at cat videos and creepy stories about parallel universes and ghosts and stuff. I still like that one where the guy came in to order the phone and the kid like knew him. Yeah, that was just a especially weird since one. it's like on camera that you didn't talk to him. Yeah, that like, was yes, I fucking did. That was definitely the creepiest one. Yeah. I think by far. Yeah, uh, there's another story that relates to parallel universes that I didn't cover because I actually want to cover it at a different time, either me or you, depending. Because I know you've heard of the story of the man from Torrid, mm -hmm. um, saying that he was from somewhere that didn't exist. So that's for another time. But that one's very popular and very weird. I'm excited. <laughs> Well, um, now sit on the fact that, that you could be going to parallel universes. 
Yeah. If you ever get self-conscious about yourself, just know that there's a parallel universe with you with rock-hard abs. <laughs> you're, you're killing it. Try to just see if you can switch over, but, like, you are, you're killing it. You yeah, know? you're confident in one of them, at least. You're rich <laughs> in one of them. We all are. We're Apparently. all super hot. In one universe, everyone's hot. <laughs> and we're all super hot and super rich in all of these like <laughs> universes, apparently. <laughs> so if this universe seems like it's going not so great, try to switch in the other one. I don't know. <laughs> Let us know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, we switched into one into 2021 again. Because apparently so many people say that the ball dropped late. Yeah, if you guys have any more parallel universe theories about either... 2020 because a lot of shit happened then or I like wouldn't now. doubt it if we were in you one can, honestly <laughs> you can email us at not a nightmare podcast at gmail.com we have once again Instagram not yes. a nightmare podcast which we'll be posting some pictures from this episode on there so go check that out we also have uh, Twitter not a nightmare PD and Facebook not a nightmare podcast we're gonna try to make a TikTok as well we're gonna attempt to make a tiktok just so that people that are also interested in creepy stuff can find us or can like can get stuff from you stitch our videos or duet us whatever you do on there i don't know we're all over the place just reach out to us we'd love to hear from you we already got a couple emails thank you for those of you that actually have reached out and everything told yes. us your stories that's fun we really appreciate you we cannot wait to read your stories on the podcast but we just need a few more to make it actual an episode about it so yeah. please share us it's been great i love you all <laughs> Kisses. Ew. Mm. <laughs> have, a, have a good day. You know, all that. Get out of here. If you <laughs> want to not have Josh on here again, let us know. Um, also. We can oblige that. <laughs> all right. It's time to blow out the candles. Josh, do the honors. Get tucked in. And, and as, as always, sweet dreams. <laughs>